Amen. Switched on. I am. Right. Am I? Can you? Am I turned up? Yes. Multitasking. Okay. So um, a few weeks ago, I was asking God. Yes, I can hear myself. Good. What uh, He wanted me to, to preach about, and um, I woke up one morning and asked again. And um, I got this song, His Banner Over Me Is Love, um, straight into my head. Like that, it was, I don't, you don't often get answers that quickly, do you know what I mean? I mean, it wasn't the first time I'd asked, but it was still, it was like this. And I was like, oh, okay, I can do that. And um, uh, so I um, thought about that. And, and the banqueting table, I, 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 I remembered back in 2019, Dave, David Sandberg um, preached about the banqueting table. I thought, right, well, I'll, I better go back and listen on the app to that so that I don't cross over too much, this sort of thing. And he'd even gotten some people to lay out a table. I wasn't here that day, unfortunately, um, but there was loads of food on it and people were allowed to come and take food as he was talking and um, that sounded great. Um, and uh, I listened to that and I remembered, before I listened, I remembered one of the points that I took away from it because I had listened to it on catch-up, if that makes sense, um, was um, that he prepares a banqueting table before my, in, for me in front of my enemies. And, um, and David's point was that people are not our enemies, that our enemies are um, spiritual things. Where have I written that? In fact, Ephesians 6, verse 12, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, it's against the rulers the authorities, the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And that verse, always, well, I always think, but when I'm thinking about that, I always think about um, Hunger Games. Give me a wave. You may be the wrong generation, some of you. Has, give me a wave if you've seen or read the Hunger Games. There's two, oh yeah, a good, a good sprinkling. Oh, and over there as well, excellent. Oh, and there, okay, cool. So it's about almost half. Okay, so um, Katniss Everdeen is our hero and she um, has to fight to the death in an arena. It's very much very Roman. Um, she has uh, 24, 23 other people she has to fight against. Um, and she survives this first arena and this evil system, the capital, because of the way she survived, she sparks a rebellion against this evil capital city and... Um, as part of trying to quell that, um, they, um, they put her in the arena again with a bunch of other people who've already survived the arena as well. And she's about to go in to this arena. And the night before, as he's saying goodbye, her mentor says to her, because he's trying to get her to make alliances, he's trying to get her to be part of the rebellion, which she doesn't want to be part of. He says, Katniss, remember in the arena... Remember who the real enemy is. Remember that bit? And he means the capital. The real enemy is not the people who are trying to kill her in this instance, but the real enemy is the capital. And I love that. So <laughs> if that, I don't know if that's going to help anyone, but when there, are, when there is opposition, when there is conflict, all these sorts of things, remember who the real enemy is. It's not the person you're dealing with. It's the enemy of our souls. Okay, so that's where I started. And then I looked at this Bible verse. It's actually from Psalm 23. 
the Lord's my shepherd, I won't, I won't want, I won't be in want, those sorts of things. Um, can we have that one up, actually, Psalm 23? Um, and I read it, and I went, oh, and he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with more, and the cup overflows. Oh, that doesn't say anything about his banner over me as love. <laughs> oh, I got the wrong bit of the Bible. <laughs> so, so I had all those thoughts, and I went, oh, that's the wrong bit of the Bible. Oh, well, maybe those are relevant things to say as well. Maybe that's what should be in my preach. So then I, I looked, um, I, I tried to search on my app, on my, my Bible app on the phone, whose banner over me is love. I couldn't find it. It wasn't coming up. I tried on the online um, Bible gateway on, online, and so I couldn't find it. So I asked Google, and Google found it for me, because there's lots of different translations, and um, only some of them say... His banner over me was love. So that's the other reason I probably couldn't find it. I was putting is instead of was. Um, and it's from the Song of Songs. Don't put it up yet. Um, it's from the Song of Songs. Now, we don't talk about the Song of Songs very often because it's embarrassing. It's not the sort of book I heard. In fact, one of my colleagues said this about a film we were at lunchtime. They were talking about a film that I haven't seen. And, and she said, it's not the sort of film you want to watch with your parents. <laughs> and, and when I was reading this again and, and reading, I was like, yeah, it's, it's not the sort of book you want to read out loud when your parents are around. That's, that's what we feel about the Song of Songs. That's why we don't preach about it very often, I suspect. That's one of the reasons, and because we're a bunch of prudes. Um, and then also, I suspect one of, part of the problem is... Um, that men struggle to relate to it because the idea is a love song it's, or lots of love songs possibly and we as the church are the woman in the love song and, and God is the man, he's the pursuer um, and I suspect lots of men struggle to identify with the, the woman in, in the story in fact um, it was said, I read it somewhere back in the summer when uh, the Barbie film, the Barbie movie came out, that um, it's really common in all of cinematic history, women have identified with the male lead, the male hero. We can do that. We're practised at that. It's a thing we do a lot. But men really struggle to identify with a female lead. No, I'm glad you don't have that problem. Sorry? Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, yeah. <laughs> brilliant and so so a lot of men went to see Barbie and they were upset because they didn't think Ken was treated very well and I thought well why didn't you just identify with Barbie <laughs> you could have been Barbie why did you choose to be Ken you know um, so um, it might be good practice for you men to read Song of Songs and experience what it's like for God to love you as a lover and to um, see um, how uh, God ministers to you that way. A lot of people who, no, not even people who, even people who've had good parents, even people who've had loving parents like I have, you don't really understand what it is to be, have a parental love for a child until you are one, until you are the parent. Um, it's, it's a different experience receiving parental love as it is giving parental love. And so um, I, I, I would like you to think about that when you're thinking about Song of Songs as well. When you're reading Song of Songs, you can 
imagine yourself as God in the, in the, story, in the song. Um, so for, for women as well, you don't have to be stuck as Barbie. You can be Ken if you want. <laughs> um, and so, um, yeah, so read it again and think, what does this mean about how God loves me? Um, and in fact, what does this mean was my first question. When I was a teenager, it wasn't this song. It was a slightly different version, but it was the same Bible verse it was coming from. His banner of his me is love. And I said to Graham, our assistant pastor at the time, I said to him, what does his banner over me is love mean? And he had an answer for me. But I'd like you to just, actually just shout out, don't, don't confer, tell me. Anyone who's got an idea, what does his banner over love, me is love mean? He's proclaiming it publicly. Yeah. Anything else? Yes. And in fact, um, on a, a thing I read about it, it was, it's about his love is protecting us. It's covered us. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else? Okay. Graham's answer, and I've gone with it ever since, was it's the most obvious thing about you. Got your, the, the loved one is saying... The most obvious thing about me is that he loves me. And I love that. And um, I was um, watching one of our children a few weeks ago being so free and clearly very, um, feeling very safe and free in the safety in this room. And I thought, wow, the most obvious thing about that child is that they're loved. And and I was so happy about that, you know, I'm so happy for that child, because it's not true for all children, sadly. Um, let's look at the Bible verse now, Peter. Let's bring um, this up. So it's Song of Solomon, or Song of Songs, 2 verse 4. Oh, we've lost the... Um, okay, that's all right, I've got it here. So the, these are three different translations. So the, the top one there is from the easy translation, and it says, he's taken me to the room for feasts. Everyone can see that he loves me. Uh, the next one, um, oh, yeah, the wine cellar. He's brought me into the wine cellar, and love was his banner over me. Um, he leads me into the banqueting room. This is from uh, the good, uh, the something else, sorry, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> he, he leads me into the banqueting room, and he looks at me with love. There are some others that say his intention towards me is love. Um, there are some others that say he looks at me with love. Um, his eyes are full of love for me. I love that one, he looks at me with love. His eyes are full of love for me. Um, you know when you see a young couple who are recently together and, and the way they look at each other, and it's a bit sickening. <laughs> <laughs> But that's, this, well, that's what this is describing, that early love, that, that um, gosh, I can't stop looking at you. Gosh, you're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Wow, that kind of look, you know. Um, and, um, and I think there's, there's some really important things about this. There's a couple of different reasons why I think this matters. I think, um, yeah, let's talk about, so there's, the, we talk a lot about the parental love of God um, and 
And that's brilliant. And I think there's a lot more of that, obviously, in the Bible than there is of this romantic love from God, this passionate love from God. Um, and I think um, there's probably a reason for that, because um, with all of the things that Jesus, Jesus taught, all the things God taught through the Old Testament and in, also in the, the letters of Paul, there's all, it's always like Jesus, God's love is a bit like this. God's love is a bit like this. Heaven, the kingdom of heaven is a bit like this. And it's, you've got to use lots of different metaphors to, to get all the information because it's, it's too big for one metaphor to be adequate. And so I think it's really um, important to think about what does God's parental love tell us? God's parental love is protective. It's forgiving. It's consistent. Um, it's, um, it's, def- it's the thing that causes children to be free. Um, I don't know about you, though. It's great to have your parents' love, really important. In fact, children who don't have parental love as they're growing, they don't grow as big, do they? That, yeah, this is, your, this is your deal, really. This. They don't grow as big, and then you could probably not even be able to count the ways that they're affected emotionally. Um, you know, a whole bunch of different ways children who don't who don't have their needs met who don't feel that intimacy um, are are affected throughout the whole lives um, by that so parental love is really important for those of us who come from really loving families though you can you can believe and we can especially with God in fact we can believe this though that his love has nothing to do with us it's only who he is if that makes sense and that's okay in some ways it's about who he is. He is love. He is always there for us. He will always forgive us. And those things are really important and really good. But there's something about romantic love. Because romantic love is chosen. When somebody loves you in a romantic way, they didn't have to. Do you know what I mean? A parent has a responsibility to love their children. Um, and even when their children are being really horrible, they still love them. <laughs> They might not love that behaviour, and that's different, but they still love the child and are ready to forgive the child. They will, in fact, lovingly... um, Disciple isn't the word. Discipline. Discipline. They will lovingly discipline the child because it's important that the child doesn't go through life with that (laughs) behaviour. But when someone loves you romantically, it's not just saying something about them. It's saying something about you. You think, oh, maybe I am valuable. Maybe my parents weren't just saying it out of duty. (laughs) And, um, and, that, and that's a different thing. And I think in Song of Songs, God is saying, I don't just love you because I have to. I love you because I've chosen to, because you're wonderful, because I actually really like you. Um, I think that's really important. Um, and yet also, just as Sarah said, romantic love should also be protective just as parental love is protective romantic love is protective as well it should be in the best way not um, in a grasping way not in a jealous way but in a protective way and um, so and it's because we are loved that we are free so just like children so in um, transactional analysis is a type of psycho psycho theory of some sort, I can't think of the right word, and in that they talk about the parent, 
and the adult and the child. And the, the child is divided into a free child and a um, reactive, no, inhib uh, adaptive child. And so an adaptive child maybe is a child that didn't get their needs met, um, maybe uh, isn't loved, um, that sort of thing. And they will either be very, very good and very sensitive around to what adults' emotions are and that sort of thing, very hypervigilant, those sorts of things. Or they'll be really naughty. Um, it's, it's one of those. But the free child is free. It's free to explore. It's free to express. It's free to grow and <laughs> have as much bread as they like on a Sunday morning. Yeah, exactly. And, and that is where God wants us to... And it's love that makes the difference. It's love that makes the difference. And God's love, in his, its parental way, and in, its, in this sort of romantic way that Song of Songs teaches us that, makes us, that makes us free. His love going to the cross, literally, or like legally, made us free from the consequences of sin. Uh, but his love makes us emotionally free as well. And... and um, will free us on an ongoing way as well. And Rolf and the band are going to come up now and they're going to do the blessing. And Mum did the blessing at the Christmas um, event for um, Fairways. Yes, didn't you? I read it. I read, read it out, so. yeah. Because there's something about knowing that God is for you. And this is what, when he, we sing, he is for you, he is for you. He is looking at you with love. <clears throat> he is making um, a, a banner over you that says, I love this person. He is um, making it obvious to everybody that you are loved. And, and that's why we are free, because of, we're free from all these things, because of God's love. Okay. Thank you. We're singing over you as well as over each other and 